You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. listening to Rum Buncher Radio. This is episode number 82. Trey Yannity, Marty Lee back with you as we are rejoined by Jason Mackey. Always great to have Jason on the podcast, guys. Leader in Pittsburgh Pirates coverage. You can find him on Twitter at jmackeypg. Guys, go check out all of his stuff. Jason, of course, uh, always delivering the breaking news. Excited to have you back on the podcast tonight. Kind of break down these first two weeks of Pirates baseball. Falling back under 500 now, 5-7 and seven after the sweep there in Milwaukee. But you know, a solid start. A lot of uh, positive headlines to go along with it as well. But as we start the podcast tonight, guys, got to remind you to go to rumbunter.com. Go check out all the art- articles coming out right now. I know we got a lot of staff writers working hard. We appreciate you guys' support here through these first couple of weeks of baseball. Guys, we get into the show tonight. Want to know how you're doing? Of course, Jason, I know you've been on the road talking about a train uh, experience coming up tomorrow <laughs> from Milwaukee to Chicago. But how have things been so far through these first couple of weeks? Yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. It's been been a lot of fun, and thank you for having me. I always appreciate the kind words you you say on here, although they're mostly lies. But no, uh, yes. no, it's it's been good. It's been a crazy start to the season, though, right? Like, you, it, at least for me, from my perspective, like I went right from Florida to St. Louis. We were in St. Louis for a long time. Come back, it's a home opener, and then I I think forget what I pinch it on Penguins for a day, and I think I had like half a day off and whatever. And like it just been going and then Milwaukee, Chicago. I mean, I guess that's just the normal run of the season. Uh, but I've enjoyed it. I thought they played pretty good ball outside of this Milwaukee series where they didn't really even play that bad. Um, you know, just like some moments that stand out, you know, like the pitch to Yelich 
he crushed it. It was basically the only thing Yelich did all series. Like I thought Mitch Keller pitched really well today, Wednesday. Um, you know, throws a pitch inside to Rowdy Telez and Telez handles it. I, I, I don't look at Keller's outing as being bad. I look at it as being really, really good. Um, I think the Pirates have played some really good defense. They've probably scored more runs than I expected them to score. Um, some decent offensive performances. I'm a little bit worried about Brian Reynolds. I mean, not like legitimately actually worried, but like some of his at-bats today did not look good. Um, so I don't know. That's a whole bunch of random stuff. I don't know where you guys want to start, but I feel like it's been a busy couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's, you look at the Milwaukee series and they got swept. And it was weird because, like you said, they didn't really play bad baseball. You know, and this is something I have uh, going up on the site Thursday morning. Literally each game there was one inning that was their undoing. Yeah. You know, you had the Brubaker inning where he gave up the home run and then the Newman error that led to 200 runs. You mentioned the Alatran slam. And then Wednesday afternoon, Miguel Ure gives up that three-run blast to Keston Hira, who turns into Barry Bonds against the Pirates anyway in the seventh inning. And <laughs> – that was, you know, before the hero home run, you had Hunter Runfro with probably the weakest double he'll ever hit in his life. And Omar Novaez, who hit a bloop that just found the Bermuda Triangle in right field. So, yeah. you know, I thought the Pirates all in all played very well against Milwaukee and have the start of the year. Like you said, the defense is really good, which is good to see. Offensively, they haven't been great, but I think they've probably been a little bit better than you would have expected. I do think one thing I've really liked through the first, what, 12 games or whatever it is now, I, I think you're seeing Andy Haynes's impact with the hitters because you're seeing a little bit more of that approach to look to drive the ball. You're seeing some more power at the plate, which I think Haynes is, can be directly responsible for if you look what he did in Milwaukee. So, yeah, and Mitch Keller, like you said, I would make an argument Wednesday was the best start of his major league career. And not just – the overall stat line, because I, yeah, he had those starts. One was, I think, in 2020, the back to back starts where he didn't allow a hit, but only went four innings, whatever it was. But he looked in control. He was aggressive. He never backed down. He commanded his pitches. He executed his pitches. Every pitch was working for him. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's the most encouraging thing for me coming out of the series is what Mitch Keller did on Wednesday. Because if Mitch Keller can continue to repeat that with any sort of regularity, not only does that bode well for the Pirates this season, but more importantly, it bodes well for the Pirates in the long term. Yeah, to build off of the Keller point, I came away with this after having talked to Andrew Knapp postgame. Um, and one thing I've learned on baseball is that if the starting pitcher does something really interesting, it's probably a good move to go track down the catcher. It's like writing about a guy's shot in hockey. You always like look for a goaltender to get that perspective. So um, I was talking to Andrew Knapp postgame, and we were talking about Keller establishing his fastball and throwing so many fastballs. And he was telling me about um, sitting with Keller watching JT Brubaker throw. And he basically says to Keller, like knowing he's going to catch him today, um, this is a team that really like if you get ahead with your fastball, if you establish your fastball, that's going to be really good for you. Like that's what you need to do. Um, and like after hearing that comment, Andrew Knapp could never get another hit as a pirate. Like if that's what you were doing, if you're having observations like that and then taking a pitcher and like guiding him through an outing by doing what Mitch Keller did there, there hit 0.00, you know, doesn't matter to me. Um, but I, I really like that. And I, I thought Keller had a really smart game plan and we've too often seen him like screw around, get Oh, two, one, two 
try to get cute with the breaking ball, hang it, and, and gets himself in trouble. He just didn't do that. And if that's the game plan you're going to have, if you're going to have that sort of attitude, I also felt like he got a little bit of an edge. He, he started to feel himself a little bit, and Mitch doesn't always do that. No, definitely not. And, you know, you talk about confidence. So many first pitch strikes today, which is something you love to see from a guy that struggled with that throughout his career so far. Certainly his best start to this point. Can we be believers? You know, this is um, something we've seen in the past positive starts and, you know, he hasn't been able to follow it up. The consistency is now what we're looking for in Mitch Keller. Uh, you know, consistency hasn't necessarily been the case with the Pirates lineup so far this season. Seen some different lineups, seen, you know, Daniel Vogelback typically at the top there and then Brian Reynolds, keep Brian Hayes in that order. Um, you know, some different combos throughout this season so far, but you know, kind of just your guys' take on what we expect to see as the season goes on, as we start to see some call-ups and, you know, what this lineup is going to look like as it begins to shake out. Michael Chavis now missing the lineup for uh, two consecutive days. I don't expect to see any continuity, guys. I really don't. I mean, that's a running joke between the beat writers and Shelton about how many lineups he runs out there. And he loves to laugh at us for, like, asking him about his lineups, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, what are, what are we supposed to do? Do you want me to ask you about your shoes? Like that's our job. Um, but no, it, it, it's all in good fun. Um, but he jokes that he changes his lineup all the time, which is true. He does. Um, so like I, with Reynolds kind of scuffling right now, like do you give him a different look at three? Maybe you could flip him and Hayes. I don't hate the Vogelbach leadoff thing as much as I did maybe two weeks ago. Um, Vogelbach's just hitting. Uh, if, if he's your leadoff guy, whatever, they don't really have a natural base stealing threat. They're not going to be a big base stealing team. So whatever, get on base. Um, but I do expect it to be fairly fluid. I, I worry some about Yoshi Tsutsugo. Uh, still doesn't have an extra base hit. Has kind of been in the tank after two strong games in St. Louis. Um, I don't know if they're going to move him out of the number four spot, but I would like to see more of Michael Chavis. I feel like he's been I – mean, why, why would you not play him at this point? Um, you know, and then beyond that, like, do you owe Kevin Newman regular playing time? No, he seems to want to play Josh Van Meter a lot, maybe too much. I don't know. Although Van Meter had a decent series. Um, I'd like to see Diego Castillo getting at bats. I think he flips around what he's going to do with Mariznick and Gamble. Uh, Perez is probably a solid eight hitter. He's going to catch, you know, two out of every three. Um, but I just, I don't ever expect to see Derek Shelton like set down roots and say, this is what we're going to look like one through nine. Yeah. You know, to build off the lineup talk there, I think what's most frustrating for me looking at from a fan standpoint is, you know, you mentioned Michael Chavis and so far this year, he's looked as good as anybody to play. And you combine yeah. that with Yoshi Tsuga, who, like you said, is not, he's really scuffling right now. You, you like to see more Chavis. I do like Vogelbach at the top. He's a guy who's going to get on base a lot. And sees a lot of pitches, which is very important on a leadoff spot. You know, I think that's something people overlook is how important is your leadoff man to make that pitcher throw a lot of pitches, make him try and really display what he's got for the other hitters in that lineup. Excuse me. In last season, Vogelbach, I think this year, like second or third in the league in pitches per plate appearance. And he's off to a good start this year. And like you said, they seem committed to giving Van Meter a look. I don't hate it. I know I'm one of the few like Josh Van Meter fans out there. But the guy, his career track record, he hits the ball hard and he walks at a decent rate. If a hitter does that consistently, he's going to have success. So if nothing else, I understand why they're intrigued by Van Meter. That said, Diego Castillo needs to be playing every day, I feel. 
and not in right field. Um, the the Narvaez play today, I felt bad for Diego Castillo because he played that so incredibly wrong in a lot of ways. But yeah. it wasn't completely his fault. He'd never had a single professional inning in the outfield before today. So I don't totally fault him for misjudging the ball and then the terrible throw into the infield. Like that's that's not what he's used to. It's not what's natural to him. And I think that's what frustrates me too is you look at the outfield. Just give me three outfielders out there. That's all I ask. Yeah. Like you have Marisnik, who's one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. Get him in the lineup. But yeah, you know, they're not going to commit the one set lineup. And truly this year they probably shouldn't because this year is more about figuring out who could be part of the long-term future, who isn't. So you want to get Castillo at bats. You want to get Van Meter at bats. I understand that. But there's a way to do that without completely nuking your defense. Like I feel like they've done at times this year. And that's what I would hope to see moving forward. You know, Kevin Newman, nothing against the guy. Obviously, once service time day passes, O'Neill Cruz is probably up here as a shortstop anyway. But until then, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to get Castillo some more starts to shortstop just to get his bat in the lineup. But yeah, it's 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 going to be a weird year for the Pirates, I think, on the on the lineup front, because they're like you said, Jason, they're not going to commit to their set nine every day. And on one hand, I don't think they totally should, because the season needs to be about getting as many guys as you can a lot of extended looks at the plate. Yeah, but it should also be about turning assets into something. Like that's where I would argue with somebody. Uh, yeah, like yes, you want to get a look at people, but you have guys on your roster that you're paying money meaning Jake Marisnik, meaning Ben Gamble or even Josh Van Meter or whatever. They're, they're probably to a much lesser degree, but like I'll use the Marisnik example. You signed him for a reason. Uh, and like he's your best defensive outfielder for that spot. Like if you Brian Reynolds in center, Ben Gamble in left or right, like Jake Marisnik is very clearly like starter level good, at least in terms of defense. If you are going to try to keep things, just, just give him playing time. Give him playing time and see what happens. Um, if like Ben Gamble had a certain profile and then came to Pittsburgh and he elevated his profile and certainly looks a lot better now because of it. And I think you could probably trade Ben Gamble at the deadline and get something for him. Great. That's what they should be. In my opinion, that's what they should be aiming to do with Jake Marisnik. Just play him. It's okay. I mean, you're not taking playing time away from anybody who's ready at this point. I, I would still like to see more from Cal Mitchell. O'Neill Cruz is hitting 175. I like Travis Swaggerty a lot. I don't think he's ready for, for regular duty at this point. Um, I don't feel bad about not playing Diego Castillo, Hoy Park, Cole Tucker, trying to think who else, what other infielders they've tried to shoehorn into the outfield. Just don't do it. Play the outfielder that you signed for $1.2 million, whatever it is, you know, play him in the outfield. Let him try to get comfortable with playing time. If you go a month and you don't get anything out of him, okay. But like, you know, he can't play two consecutive days. They're taking somebody else out. Like that has to be really hard as a player to Diego Castillo hits his first MLB home run and he's out of the lineup the next day. I like if you're doing something well, and this is my criticism with them and O'Neill Cruz in spring training and then sending him out. Like if you're doing something well, I don't want to stop you from doing it. Just keep going. This franchise has good things happen to it. So rarely when you get something like that, if it's a, a good start, if it's a, Strong spring training. If it's a guy in the outfield, like let him just keep playing until he turns into a pumpkin, or maybe he doesn't. No, I agree, especially Marisnik. Because I mean, you look at Marisnik. First off, the guy's not off to a terrible start offensively, anyway. And secondly, you know, since he debuted in 2013, I think he's like seventh or eighth among all outfielders in defensive runs saved. Yeah. The guy knows what he's doing out there. 
Their, their best defensive outfield right now, in my opinion, without a doubt, is Marisnik, Reynolds, Gamble, left to right. You know, um, maybe depending on the ballpark, you might maneuver Gamble and Marisnik between left and right. Yeah. PNC Park, you're definitely going to want him in left, which I will give Shelton credit for that. When Marisnik has played at PNC Park, it's always been left field, even that means bumping Gamble to right. So he's done. That's one area I think Shelton's really improved this year. That is bullpen management, which is a conversation for another day. But I, I do think that I, I agree with you. As a player, it's got to be frustrating. And again, I know we kind of talked about this last time you were on. The Pirates constantly talk about this this player centric. They want to build in the organization, right? They they want this to be a player centric organization. And you know, you have guys who are going out there and doing everything right and not getting rewarded with consistent playing time. It's got to be frustrating for them. And, you know, I, I will be curious too when rosters drop to 26 guys at the end of the month, depending on what the roster moves are, how that impacts things. Because I'm thinking, you know, between Cole Tucker and Hoy Park, with them having options, one of them are probably the odd man out in terms yep. of the bench players. So how does that impact this moving forward? I think that that will kind of make things a little more clear for Derek Shelton with his lineup. We will see. But until then, it's probably going to be a lot of just – questioning and people pulling out their hair and just wondering what he's doing to line up. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And you know, we've, we've, we've had our questions throughout his tenure uh, here so far, Marty and I uh, infamously opening day, 2020, um, you know, questioning some of the bullpen decisions there. And it, it's going to take time for this, this team to shake out. Like you said, Jason, you know, we're, we're not going to see some of these minor leaguers come up, um, you know, and maybe succeed like we would hope to O'Neill Cruz batting a buck 67 right now down in triple A. So make the most out of the talent you have at the big leagues right now, the talent that you're paying at the big leagues, um, well said there. But, you know, we talk about two guys. One guy we mentioned a bit earlier, Miguel Yahure, along with Ronzi Contreras, now starting to get some appearances out of the bullpen. You know, like what we've seen, obviously, some negative highlights there as well. But these two coming out of the pen at this point, when do we see them, you know, begin to make starts? We saw several starts last year from each of them. But, you know, so far this season, a bit of a different role. Do they get into the ro- rotation consistently here soon, um, you know, or at all in 2022? I well here soon. I don't like the chances, um, and worried about Ronald Z. Contreras's like future with the Pirates right now. Uh, based on a question I asked Shelton after today's game, um, I asked him about the Sam Howard transaction. I said, you know, with you guys optioning him to Indianapolis, like I think a lot of people on the outside expected you to maybe send Ronald Z. out and bring Howard in. You didn't do that. Does that mean that Ronald Z. like has earned something that to stay here? And he didn't say anything about Rowanzi. It was about Sam Howard needing to pitch and he's going to be in Indianapolis and they like what Dylan Peters has done and blah, 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 blah. Like the fact that he didn't touch the Rowanzi angle of that question worries me. Um, it worries me that like they might be sending him out in some way. Um, I don't, I don't know that um, just a suspicion, but as far as Yuhure Rowanzi, um, you know, I think they'll start at some point. I think the goal, you know, if they would send Rowanzi out or if they would send Yahoo out, like to try to get them stretched out a little bit more, put them in a starter's role, let them set down roots there and then come back. Um, I, I sure hope so. I mean, to me, if this year isn't about bringing those guys up and letting them make mistakes and find their footing and get comfortable, then like, what are we doing here? Um, I would certainly love to see them, watch them, see them grow. Um but, you know, I don't think it's going to happen immediately where they go in the rotation. Yeah, I was really surprised when you tweeted that. I think it was like the seventh or eighth inning today that uh, 
Howard was optioned in AAA, I'd assume that probably within the next day or two, you'd see him activated and Ronzi sent out. I'm guessing now when rosters go from 20 to 26, Ronzi's probably the odd man out of the pitching staff. Go down to AAA, get him stretched out. And this was something I kind of talked about on Twitter earlier, where I, I understand the Pirates train of thought. You want to get him stretched out to 80, 90 pitches, and it's easier to do that with him starting at AAA than it is in the majors. That said, obviously service time is going to be a major issue here too. The guy needs I – try, I was trying to run the numbers today. It's going to be between 20 to 22 more days in the minors this year to make sure they get that seventh year. They're going to make yeah. sure they get those So uh, and for those listening wondering – for, for those listening and wondering, O'Neill Cruz has to be at AAA till at least April 29th to make sure they get that seventh year of control because I've run the numbers on that one multiple times. But, um, yeah, like you said, it's crazy how that works. So I'm assuming Ronzi Contreras probably by early June is in the starting rotation. I'll be more curious what to do with Ure. I still think with Miguel Ure, his, his command of his pitches is too good with the increased velocity we see this year now that he is healthy. For him not to at least be a solid like back end of the rotation starter. Um, and obviously the Pirates are going to give him an opportunity to start at some point. Had he been healthy in spring training, there's probably a legitimate chance he's already in the rotation. So I, I think we see that at some point. But what do they do? Do they send him to AAA to get him stretched out potentially? You know, that's going to be a lot easier to do there than pitching two or three innings every couple of days in the majors. So I, it's just, and again, that's something we've talked about. I think it goes back. This roster is going to look so much different on August 1st, September 1st, than it does now. And I think these two guys are big parts of it because I think them getting an opportunity to rotation this season is a question of when, not if. And I will also say for the long-term health of the Pirates, if you want them to compete for the postseason, especially sooner rather than later, you need Rollins and Contreras to pan out as this top of the rotation arm that he looks like. Because, man, coming out of the bullpen this year, I can see why he had such dominant numbers in the minors last year because he, he looks so good. You know, la- last Saturday I hung out that the new bar they built behind the bullpen watching a little bit of guys throwing before the game during batting practice, and the ball just explodes out of his hand. It's just so much different when you're standing right there five feet away like I was watching him pitch. It's It's special, man. And Rose got all the potential in the world, and I do think – like you said, they're they're gonna get him in this rotation at some point. I would think probably by like early June, and once that starts, it'll be a lot of fun because he could be the best starting pitcher the Pirates have had honestly since probably like that 2015 combination of Garrett Cole and Francisco Liriano. Yeah, that's what it's you know kind of feels like. It's beginning to feel like at least a little bit. You have to hope it pans out to that. Um, you know, to some extent at least. But good to see these guys get up and, and at least get some appearances here out of the bullpen. You know, just kind of touching on this bullpen a little bit further, Will Crow continuing to look excellent so far throughout these first couple of weeks here. Do we see him remain in the bullpen? You know, he's looked more comfortable in that role so far than he did as a starter last season. You know, do you see him maybe moving uh, out of the bullpen and starting to get some starts of his own here? Or do the Pirates keep him right there? I think they're going to keep him right there, Trey. I really do. Um, Assuming everything continues. I mean, obviously, if he has a rough patch, they'll adjust, but... You know, everything that we've heard coming out of there, they just love him in this role for a variety of reasons. Like on this road trip alone, Derek Shelton has talked about how much Will Crow likes pitching more, you know, not every fifth day or more, like getting to work more frequently. Um, And also about his competitiveness, Um, try to distill this down in a way that makes sense, but basically not saving anything 
you know, knowing like from the very first pitch, like he can give literally everything he has. Um, but, you know, probably another thing at play here is just protecting his arsenal a little bit. He doesn't have to show everything. He can lean on what works and he's not worried about seeing a lineup the second and third time through. Like you can just go at guys. And I mean, frankly, that's a role that's really made for Will Crow. Stuff is played up, his velocity's up. Um, I, he's just been really good in this role. And there's no shame in that, especially the way the Pirates are structuring their pitching. I don't think they're wrong to do that. They've got a guy where this fits his skill set. And Dylan Peters, frankly, is another one. I would I would just not, not mess with that whatsoever. And I, I would like to, and just to circle back on the road thing, like I kind of disagree that I would rather see him sent, you know, sent down to AAA to stretch out. Like I understand why they're going to do it. I understand the service time implications. I'm not naive to it, but like throw Bryce Wilson in the, the bulk role. Why not? You know, his starts have not been great. Give Roe a chance to start and see what he does. I just like, is there any magic theory that says like you can only stretch out at AAA? Like, no, I mean, the guy's been absolutely outstanding. Has he not earned the right to stay here? Like he did on my team. Um, but anyway, uh, to your point, like the bullpen has been good. And I think a lot of those guys will stay in the roles. Yeah. You know, with a, one more time with Roe, like I, I agree with you with that. Like it's, I'm not saying they should do it. I'm saying I understand what they're going to do. No, I know, do I know. Yeah. And what they probably will do. And you're yeah. right. And, you know, it's funny because they talked about this when he was pitching the other night. They talked about it on the telecast. And I guess Craig Council apparently touched on this in some fashion, either before or after a game one day this week, about what the Pirates are doing with him. And you look at the Brewers and what the Pirates are currently doing with Ronzi Contreras is what they did with Corbin Burns. It's what they did yep. with Brandon Woodruff. Yep. And then they transitioned them from the bullpen role straight to their starting rotation. So all you got to do is look at what has been the best team in the division for the last three or four years for evidence that doing this can work. So, no, I'm with you. You can stretch him out of the majors. They're not going to do it. I understand why they're not going to do it, but it's not going to make it any less frustrating when you have other options there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's been frustrating. You love to see a major league start here, but potentially going to be sent down to AAA to get it stretched out. Um, you know, guys, going to be following all of that on Brumbunter and with Jason as well. Again, Jay Mackey PG. Jason, thanks so much for coming on again. You've uh, you've been great as always. Before we get you out of here, if you don't mind, just kind of recapping these first two weeks from your perspective, what it's been like to be at a ballpark that has no restrictions this season, and you know what it's been like to go on the road. Um, you know, I know you got some further travels coming up here in these next couple of weeks. Yes, I love talking about travel. I'll talk about travel all day, any day. Um, so St. Louis, have you guys ever been? Driven through, not, never, never really seen it. Go to no. St. Louis. It's awesome. It is seriously like one of my favorite road cities. People give me crap all the time. Like, how do you like St. Louis? I, I really do. I mean, it's you can stay in Marriott's close. Um, the flights in and out aren't hard. There's a great barbecue spot right across the street from uh, Bush Stadium called Salt and Smoke. You can eat well. Um, so that that was cool. Um, I always like going to St. Louis, although like the ball's been so weird, man. Like it's just been freezing. You know, I walked back from Milwaukee and like this snow, sleet, hailstorm thing that was just awful. Um, I like Milwaukee. I like coming up here, but it's not exciting. Like I stay in a hotel that's, you know, probably about a 10 minute walk from the ballpark, not downtown. And it's not near anything. There's like a Chili's there. And I ate at Chili's and it was embarrassing <laughs> tonight, but that's all right. We go to Chicago and I will uh, do, do a lot better in Chicago, but uh, no, it's cool. It's cool to get the division cities out of the way. I'm looking forward to warmer weather for sure. Like I'm just tired of packing a whole bunch of junk and having to have like extra layers and a hat and glove 
hat and gloves on and stuff. So that's been, that's been ridiculous, but uh, with no restrictions, man, like it's, it, it's frankly great um, to not have to have a mask on or anything. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, we, we don't need to get political on here. It's just like, <laughs> it is weird in the clubhouse where you have to have a mask. Like I, I, I don't have to have a mask now in an Uber. I don't have, a, have to have a mask on an airplane. Um, but I have to wear a mask in a clubhouse where I'm vaccinated and boosted. We're all, we have to submit our vaccination status. I think most people in there are, um, but nobody else is masked. Just the reporters. We're the only ones that are, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's like the only place you have to wear a mask right now is if you're a professional sports beat reporter, you know, hockey, they deal with the same thing. Baseball, they deal with the same thing, but we're also back in the clubhouse. So I'm not going to complain. And that's been a really, really, really important big thing. And, I don't know. They make me wear a bag on my head. I'll do it because it's just <laughs> awesome. Well, it's great to hear. And, you know, like you said, it, it's still coming back to full normalcy here. Every sport handled a little bit, you know, differently. But great to hear that the travels have been successful and everything's going, uh, you know, well so far this season. We made it need to get you to recommend a restaurant from each city you go to when you come onto the podcast. Ooh, yes. I know you're kind of sore of the food as well. Yeah. So, I, I, man, I stink in Milwaukee. I love to do better. Um, a great food town. I've heard good things. I've just never been adventurous here. And that's on me. I'm sure there's a, like, you can find good food in any city, man. Um, I think Chicago, you guys, deep dish pizza fans. Oh yeah. Definitely. Right. Lou Malinati's is. Lou Malinati's, my man. Yes. <laughs> I last year when they opened in Chicago, I told, well, I, this happened to two people at our paper, uh, Matt Freed, our photographer, we opened there and I'm like, Freed, we got to get Lou Malinati's. And he like, Sort of like, all right, whatever. He'd never had it. And then, like, it changed his life. And I was so happy about oh, it. Yeah. I, I did a road trip with Ron Cook, and it was the same deal. And, like, it blew his mind how good it was. So I lose the best, man. I love it's it. Awesome. It is just so good. So I, I hope you get the chance to get over there while you're in Chicago. Enjoy the Windy City, Jason. So great having you on as always. Guys, like I said, find him on Twitter, at jmackiepg. Check out all of his work, P Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as well. Jason, so great having you on. Thanks so much, man. Of course, welcome anytime. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Have a good night. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you. Marty, uh, kind of to recap here, you know, just these last few weeks on our Rum Bunter side as well with, um, you know, some of the articles coming out and, Really, your thoughts on, on these first couple of series. I know you had a chance to get back to the ballpark. You said you, you checked out the new bar uh, and all that. So, um, you know, just from your perspective, how are things going? How was the uh, ball, ballpark round two? Yeah, it was nice. You know, I've been I've been to two games this year now at PNC Park. It's great to be back and not have to worry about, you know, like talking with Jason, no restrictions, no nothing like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to ballpark. Uh, I do think, you know, with the team – they're off to a better start than I think anyone could have hoped for. You know, they were three god awful innings against the Brewers away from probably being over 500 right now. And now uh, you get ready for four at the Cubs, who's a team that is not very good, and the Pirates legitimately might be better than. So it's tough to complain to the start of the season for the Pirates. You know, they they are playing better baseball than anyone could anticipate. They're pitching better than anyone could anticipate. The excuse me, the defense has just been phenomenal thus far. It's been great to see. So, yeah, you know, it's – oh, my goodness, excuse me. It's only been 12 games. But, yeah, it's hard to complain. It's hard to complain what we've seen thus far. And, you know, I will say I think if they continue to play this way the rest of the year, are they going to be a postseason team or are they going to finish over 500? No. 
but I think it'd be a lot better, a lot more fun than we anticipated, absolutely. And especially as you will eventually get O'Neill Cruz up here, you'll get Ronzi Contreras in rotation. You'll see other guys from AAA and AA get a crack of this major league club. I do think that, you know, come August or September, this could be a pretty fun baseball team to watch. It really will be. I mean, you know, this season's not about necessarily finishing even above 500 or, you know, do, doing well on a night-to-night basis, especially this early in the season. But, you know, you see nights that this lineup looks, I'm not going to say complete, but looks fun at times. And you see this team, you know, with with a really uh, come, comeback mentality, if you want to say it, three comeback wins against the Nationals, um, you know, in that series. So it's been a, a fun start so far, 500, above 500 for split second there at five and four. Now five and seven on the season. After the sweep in Milwaukee, now heading to Chicago for the weekend series with the Cubs. But Marty, um, you know, just kind of your final thoughts, what you're looking forward to in the series in Chicago and, uh, you know, anything else you got coming out on the website this week? No, my hope is against the Cubs. It's definitely a series where I think the Pirates could potentially split, if not take three or four. Um, I'd really like to see them take advantage of a struggling Cubs team and the Cubs team that they are, you know, at worst equal to talent-wise, I feel like. Um, and, you know, moving forward in general, you want to see the starting rotation even more length. Uh, Mitch Keller today went pitching at the sixth inning. The only other starter to do that thus far is Jose Quintana in the home opener. So you want to see some more length out of the starting rotation. Uh, Derek Shelton has done a phenomenal job of managing the bullpen and the way he's used the combination of Rowans and Contreras, Miguel Ure, Dylan Peters, and Will Crow to give him multiple innings if need be. But at the same time, you don't want to be pitching those guys' arms off either. So – I'm going to see more length out of this rotation, and I want to see them come out against the Cubs team that's not very good and at least split this four-game series in Chicago, if not take three or four. Um, as we're coming up on the site, you know, we're now that we're into the season, it's a lot more kind of uh, consistent of what we'll have. You know, every day we have our, our minor league recap from the previous day. Actually, I just finished the minor league recap for Wednesday evening. Um, you know, we always have a recap of the game, recapping series and everything that happened there breakdown of who's doing well at the plate, who's not doing well, breaking down guys in the minors. Our draft talk will start to pick up here in the coming weeks as the draft gets closer. So, yeah, you know, no matter what you're looking for, the Pittsburgh Pirates, rather it comes to the Major League Club, the Minor League Clubs, the draft, whatever it might be, we've got you covered around Butter. We, we, like I said, I know I said in the offseason we were going to make a big push this year to put a lot more emphasis on the minor leagues this season. I feel like we've done that thus far. We make sure we have our, like I said, we make sure we have our, our, our daily roundups of the minor league action. And, yeah. Just no matter what it is you want to know about the Pittsburgh Pirates, we've got you covered around butter. Make sure to check it out. We certainly do. And Marty, last episode, we talked about it after the fact. This is a complete duff on my end, complete mess up here. Indianapolis Indians, uh, first snow hitter in the minors and the majors combined of the season. It was combined, but that happened last week. So shout out to those guys down there in Indianapolis. Uh, but yeah, guys, please go check out the website. Find us on Twitter as well, at Rumbunter. And be sure to, um, you know, share this podcast. Help us get out into the algorithm. Help us keep growing. Um, you know, as we creep into the 80s now, Marty, crazy. We're at episode 82 now, rolling into this uh, 2022 season. So thank you guys yeah, for following along. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, like you said, Dre, just thank people. Um, you know, we, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, but it, it doesn't make us feel any prouder as a staff or make us feel any more just, grateful thankful for the for the following we have you know 2021 was the best year in history of Rumbunter. right now this month of april should be the best month of april in the history of Rumbunter in terms of page views you know interactions social media whatever it may be and you know yeah i know some of that's from what we do but most of it's because you guys out there are awesome you follow you communicate 
you participate, you're talking with us. You, you know, we, we appreciate you guys. I want to make sure that is known because trust me, there's not a single writer on the staff who does not appreciate everyone out there who reads the site, follows on Twitter, follows on Facebook, listens to the podcast, whatever it might be without you guys. We would trust me, we we would not be doing what we're doing if it was not for you guys, believe me. Absolutely not. You guys give us the platform to go get guests like Jason Mackey, Michael McHenry, players, minor league players, whoever it may be. You guys give us that chance. So we cannot thank you enough for that. Guys, um, be sure to, to follow us throughout the rest of the season here as we get into it. We're going to get Jason on and, you know, maybe a Michael McHenry once a month, uh, you know, maybe every couple of weeks. So excited to continue to get these guys in the fold here. We're going to have Nick Caparoso back on soon. You guys been wondering where he's at. He's doing good. We're uh, going to get the full roundtable back here. But until next time, guys, for Marty Leap, my name is Trey Yannity. Thank you guys for listening to episode number 82 of Rum Buncher Radio. Let's go, Bucks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.